Alexa, what is the best podcast in the land? Here's pulling back the curtain podcast registered from Amazon Music. Playing the latest episode. This podcast is sponsored by Sumato Coffee. Sumato Coffee believes that coffee should be unique and high quality from bean to cup. Beyond that, it starts to become stale. At Sumato Coffee, they're incredibly concerned and transparent about when your coffee is roasted. That's why they put the roast date right on the bag. Pulling Back the Curtain podcast listeners receive a 20% discount off their order by using promo code BALLERSCOFFEE. To learn more about Sumato Coffee, please visit them at sumatocoffee.com. That's S-U-M-A-T-O-C-O-F-F-E-E.com. What's happening, people, and what you know good? We'd like to thank you for listening and spending your time with us. This is Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast, the most provocative, the most exciting, the baddest, baddest podcast in the land. We come with the dopest topics, hitting with the rawest opinion while giving you the straight-up facts. No fake news here. I'm Jules. I'm Press. We give sight to the blind, ladies and gentlemen. On today's show, we pull back the curtain on housing affordability and much, much more. Press. My man, 100 grand. What's poppin', baby? Hey, man. It's your world, Jules. What's a good word with you, fam? Oh, man. If it, was, if it was my world, I'd be sitting somewhere on the beach in Santa Monica with a with a big, big type of drink and catching some sun and looking at people having fun and bag bank full of money. Why have had so so basically you got all those things except for the happy wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Woo, I have war one day. One day. I'm, I'm getting it. That's why we're working. That's why we're working, Prince. Hey, making only drink. We're making only drink. Oh, yeah. <laughs> man, how about yourself, man? You know, bro, the audience, they probably don't really care, but I'm still going to tell y'all. Okay. okay. Tired, man. Tired out here, man. I, I'm, I'm grinding, man. And, and so over the weekend, I drove back and forth to Champaign, back to Chicago, back to Champaign. These damn gas prices, Jules. Oh, dude. Wait a minute. Spent, now. What, spent, what, you, what you putting in? What you putting in? Well, because I got it. You know, I got to go premium. Ooh. Bro. I'm like, shit, I need to give me OnlyFans now. I know I joked about this last season, but I got to get the OnlyFans, man, to pay for this gas, bro. I spent $242 on gas, bro, this weekend. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, okay. this shit is crazy okay. out here, bro. Like, yeah. I and I'm about to show my age, which is indirectly also Jules' age, but <laughs> Jules' age. <laughs> but yeah. when we was in college. Uh-huh. Man, I remember when gas like about 89 cents a gallon. Dude. And I still didn't have 10 to 15 dollars to put in the gas tank. Right now, 10 dollars ain't getting you nothing. Uh-uh. You put 10 dollars in gas now, uh-uh. <laughs> your car gonna be looking at you like what? <laughs> hey, hey, cats looking at it. it's a little too early to be cutting grass. Because <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> that's the only thing you putting in there. Uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> and even that lawnmower, like looking at you like what? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. Cause when I when I was out in uh, wife and I in the lake house, it was for regular it was four nineteen. Now I talked to my brother. I talked to the coach, and he said, "Oh, oh that's cheap." Because that is cheap. <laughs> he was like, "No, nah, it's four. I forget what is he four forty or something for regular." Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. man, so I, I was fortunate, Jules, when I when the, before the damn prices went crazy over the weekend, I filled up at four nineteen a gallon before I went down there the first time. 
Okay. Now, audience, that sounds crazy. And I said I was fortunate to have paid four nineteen. Man, when I came back, that shit was almost five dollars again. I almost had a heart attack. I'm like, man, I'm gonna have to sell some ass over here to pay for gas. <laughs> <laughs> how much how much daddy just to get the champagne <laughs> <laughs> ooh we ooh <laughs> you a damn mm. mm. <laughs> well come on <laughs> you <Yeah>, right <laughs> <laughs> you a damn fool oh. You oh, but listen, audience, I know you guys are feeling the pain with these gas prices, too. This uh -huh. shit is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Man, I'm so glad you got that beater. Because I throw 87 that thing. Because that Mustang just up in the garage right now. <laughs> Where it's going to stay until the summer, right? <laughs> man. Ooh, we, man, press. Hey, dude. Yeah, I, I feel on that one. That's because it's not. For the people who don't know, that's what? what, what, what how long? Two? Almost what like two hours, three hours? To uh, get the, two two hours and ten minutes. Two ten okay. Yeah. You know, depend depending on you know what you're going. Yeah, depending on the speed limit and if if the if the heat is out there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> if they out there, if they out there, your boy prayer's going like 65. I'm like, fuck, I ain't fuck with them. Mm -mm. They be like, sir, they say, like, why sir, why are you driving 10 miles under the speed limit? I'm like, man, because I don't fuck with y'all, man. <laughs> I don't want no smoke. <laughs> I don't want no problem. I don't want anything. I don't want no problems. I'd mm -hmm. rather do under the speed limit than over. <laughs> That's right. Now, if, if now Jules, if that thing moving and, and I don't get no sort of notification to anybody out there on them roads, uh huh. Oh, your bread, your boy Prez, he up there now. He up there. Man, how does it feel to how does it feel to drive that? What you drive a Porsche? What you got? Oh, stop it. <laughs> stop it. It's a digital monopoly where he's what, over here what, telling y'all about the Mustang in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? Speaking of, man, Scotty V hit me up, was dying about that um, uh, uh, electronic monopoly, man. Oh, what'd he say? <laughs> yeah, he was like, he said, one day I'm going to give me an electronic monopoly board. And I said, Scotty, don't listen to prayers. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I, did, yeah, I got to tell him. Yeah, because it's, it's my wife's, man. It's, it's not mine. It's my wife's. <laughs> That's all. all right, you know saying. what, wifey? Now, he, now you see, he, now he tried to take the heat off of himself. <laughs> yeah. Because last time I thought, I thought was what's his is yours and what's yours is his. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you're right, Prez. Ah, damn, I can't say nothing. Damn. Hey, shout out to you, Scotty V. I saw that video. That joker was hot, bro. Oh, yeah. Scotty doing his thing, man. Scotty doing his thing, man. He dropping the videos and rapping. He kind of got like a... Like a like a, a kind of a like an inflow, but he got his own spin to it. I told him I said I like it, man. Kind of inflow, now Scotty. You cold. Mm -hmm. Him. But him, that's that's a that's some high praise now, Jules. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Man. Spaghetti. No, I'm spaghetti. Yeah, right. <laughs> man. Hey, we gotta rap with Scotty V though, man. I, I want to get Scotty V on one of our intros, man, for the for the for the show. We didn't get a chance to do yeah. it for season four. But hey, Scotty V, season five, man. We need you, bro. Yeah, yes, sir, man. Scotty, man. Uh, yeah, when you put, man, we get a chance, man. Throw one together. I know it ain't, ain't going to take no time, man. Put one together, man, so we can hear it. I know that's, I know it's going to be fire. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, Jules, let's get into this episode, man, because we got a lot of stuff to discuss with the audience today. Okay. So, our fair foul from this week came on from Gerald from New Lenox, Illinois. And Jules, <laughs> Gerald wanted to know, fair or foul of people that laugh at others. 
when they fall in public. Oh, man. I saw this one and I laughed <laughs> when I saw the question. You heard me laughing when I was trying to read it. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. It's foul, but it's fair. <laughs> if it makes sense. All at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Because oh, now certain ones, it's like, ooh, wait, no, no, that's 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 a little rough. But there's a lot that, like, damn. And I got a great story. <laughs> When I was at home, living back, living at home um, before I got married, and my neighbor across the street had a drinking problem. So one day he was he one day he got locked out the house. His wife locked him out the house. And he was drunk. So I guess she wasn't, she didn't like it. She did she wasn't approved of his drinking. So he was stumbling. And I was like, let me go over across the street and see if I can help uh Mr. Cage get back in the house. God rest their soul. Both of them passed away years ago, but this was, man, this was years ago. So I went across the street. I said, Mr. Cage, hold on, sit on the, sit on the porch. Uh, let me see if I can get you in. Where's your keys? Well, the wife took the keys. I said, like, damn. So how are you supposed to? So while I'm trying to knock on the door to get Mrs. Cage to come to open up the door, he's standing up. Next thing you know, I turned around and <laughs> my man was, was going in a circle. And then he fell right on his ass, man. <laughs> I looked up and said, Mr. Cage. And I, and I laughed on him right then. And I said, Mr. Cage, sit your ass down, man. You can't walk. So long story short, we got him in the house. But some falls, some, <laughs> some falls are funny, man. Well, I'm just, I'm just listening to this story. And I'm just thinking about Mr. Cage. I'm like, bro, what was you doing? And what was you drinking, sir? What was you drinking? <laughs> Leave that shit oh, alone. Man. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, he was stumbling, and I'm just like, Mr. Cage. And he did like a like a like a tornado. He went in a circle like maybe three or four times and just failed. I gotta ask, he must have been making a lot of damn noise for you to come outside and help. Yeah, yeah. He was uh because he was banging on the door and he was and he was yelling, you know, yelling for his wife to open the door. Jeez. But she she didn't like it, man. And and then he came down on the block. He was walking back and forth and you know, stumbling. And and I just had enough. I said, man, let me see if I can help Mr. Cage out. <laughs> so I end up good, look at you be look at you being a good Samaritan, bro. <laughs> yeah, because it was cold and I didn't want to see him just <laughs> man. But man, some but listen, like, with all that with all that liquid he had in his system, I don't think Mr. Cage was cold though. No, he wasn't feeling. <laughs> Only person was feeling was me because I was exactly. out there like. You was making on the dope. You like Mr. Cage? Pass that shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but man, to answer the question, man, it's 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 it's, it's foul, but some could be fair. <laughs> no, I'm with you on that. Now, now I'll say this, Jules. Uh, I'm one of those people that I will laugh, you know, kind of like under my breath. But you remember. America's Funniest Home Videos, or I think that's what that show was oh, called. Yeah. And the funniest fucking videos were the ones where people fail and busted their shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, to ask it, to answer the question, Jared, I mean, yeah, it's foul, but it's also kind of fair at the same time. <laughs> yeah. You know? Because that show was good, and hey, rest in peace, Bob Saget, once again. But, hey, that show was, that, that show was the joint. Mm-hmm. I remember, I think it come on Sundays, I believe, if I remember. I, I, yeah, does it still come on now? But I just remember when we was coming up, that show was it was a big yeah. deal. Yeah, uh huh. I remember being over at my grandfather's house, and we was all 
all in that front room, and that's what we was watching. Hey, man, that was like Sunday night. It was like that. Do you watch The Simpsons? Oh, man, mm-hmm. it's on our age now. But, yeah, that was, mm-hmm. that was shit back in the day. Yep. Yes, sir. Hey, so thanks for that fair foul. Hey, Jules, let's, Jules, let's get into the mailbag questions. The first one okay. comes up from Ashley from Clearwater, Florida. Yeah, she wants to know, what are your thoughts on Russia invading Ukraine? Mm, man, my hearts and prayers go out for the people, the Ukrainians, and also uh, foreigners. Because you get people yeah, exactly. foreign exchange students over there. Oh Look, man. Uh, and, and also Jules, they they they're detaining Brittany Griner, a US citizen. Yeah. Which I heard about, about that and I was like, ooh. So this is okay. You know what, Jules? Before you go, I just gotta okay. say something about okay. that. Now, I see both sides of that situation. First side, Brittany, come on now. You're in Russia. Make better decisions. Yes, but also, yes. too, I got a gripe with the mainstream media. Why has this okay, black we're, woman we're, been detained for an entire month? We just found about this shit over the weekend. What kind of shit is that? Oh, wow. At what press? Hey, you put something new in my mind. I ain't know she been over there that long. See? That's mm. a problem. That's a problem. While we over here talking about freeing Britney, let's talk about freeing the black Britney, too. Yeah. They ain't ready. <laughs> Boy, hey, man, you coming for him, man. You coming for him, but no, nah, you're right. I heard about that, and I was like, wow, okay, all right. Man. But nah, I'm just, I just... I just hope everything go well, man. I, I, I pray that, that you know, I, and in no situation, prayers, what happened due to you, the United Nations, uh, I mean, the embassy over there in Russia uh, steps in to kind of help out. I mean, I, I, I'm i not sure. Well, this is the thing. They are they're in talks. So they the okay. talks have been kind of, I guess, progressing for lack of better words. But, I mean, honestly, man, the shit that Russia did, man, to those people, when you see these stories and, like, these women and children and, man, people being killed, and it's like, man, bro, yeah. what is what is Putin on? But, right. but now, also, one other thing, Jules, uh-huh. there's been some people that have kind of struggled with this whole situation with Ukraine, and I wanted to get your thoughts on that because there's some people saying, well, hey, my heart goes out to them and nobody deserves to be killed, but they're like, hey, Ukraine has a very racist society and kind of imagery when it comes to people of color so there's been some people of color that have been kind of struggling with this whole situation so me on the other hand i'm kind of looking at it like nobody deserves to die like this shit is senseless right right yeah i agree yeah the racism of a few does not overshadow an entire country that's been invaded so i just want to put that out there but i want to get your thoughts on that because there's been a lot of people that have been like hey i'm struggling with this whole thing and i'm like yeah I'm, I'm struggling with the fact that putin's an asshole well, see, the thing is, I'm I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to um, figure out because when you talking about bring up the racism now, they won't, the Ukrainians, soldiers and people in charge are evacuating U- Ukrainians, so, you know, you have black people over there, Africans, uh, and they want them to fight. Right. They're kind of detaining them and want them to fight. Yes, and hey, 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 them cats over there, like, wait a minute, no, this, <laughs> hey, we over here foreign exchange and probably working and that's not that's not our fight and then how you guys are treating us why why should we fight mm-hmm. i i you know so yeah because it, to your point they stopped them from fleeing right and i which which i listen that place right there putin is lo- launching airstrikes and they got foot they get you know boots on the ground i don't know so many people uh civilians were killed 
over over 300 last time I read was killed. I mean, it is not safe. It's not safe for anybody to be here. So to 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 detain people like and then black people. Well, what are we talking about now? And uh, also, what, 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 okay. I'm sorry, but one thing too, I wanted to bring up the fact too. There was a story that I saw where they were saying that not only would they be a push to the end of lines, but in some cases, some of the uh, authorities were beating them when they were trying to get to safety. They were leaving them with no water, no shelter. These individuals, these Africans that are in Ukraine, they're citizens of the country. So treat them the same way that you treat exactly. everybody. So right. when, when we're talking about, hey, our hearts are with Ukraine, it should be with all of Ukraine. So that's my only situ- That's my only issue with everything. It's like, treat these people the same way. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. What Putin is doing is wrong, and mm-hmm. with the Ukrainian officials, is 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 wrong too. Yeah, exactly. I tell you, I tell you one thing: ain't no go, ain't nobody gonna be beating on me. I'm trying to leave. I'm trying mm-hmm. to get safety too. That's right. He gonna be. That's... He gonna, he, he gonna be left on the side of the road because he gonna be tripping on jewels. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I mean, and, but and, it's, it's it's messed up, man. It is it's messed, messed up. up all the way around, all the way around, because. You go, you go, you have these people that are at the at the border trying to get out. You're looking at the color of their skin. You're like, okay, you go ahead and go through. You people go to the back. And in, right, in some what? cases, like what you said, they're like, no, we need you here to, to defend. It's like, wait a minute, what? Right. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. I'm you you beat me and treat me, but then you're gonna hand me you hand me a rifle you want. I'm gonna use not on I'm ain't gonna use on the Russian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting all you some bitches on this one. <laughs> I you know. They got it. They got to get it together because now it's it's all right. Where are we gonna go for this now? Putin over there stated that he want to unify Russia. He want to bring. He want to go back to old school and unify all these states around Russia and you know have Russia under. I mean have Ukraine under Russian law. Uh, okay. It got to be a better way. It, it got to be a better way than going in and killing innocent people, civilians. You know exactly. they know they can't. Y- y- Ukrainians can't stand. Can't, don't have the power to fight Russia. Hell no. They giving regular people guns. Man, press. I'm seeing the the, I'm seeing the video of Ukrainian civilians. The Ukrainians carrying rifles. I'm like, oh my god, they they just carrying like it's a backpack. Mm-hmm. Dude, they and were I'm, showing they were showing just regular folks. It's probably like, well, not 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 Jules. Jules is that dude, but like let's imagine like Prez and a bunch of his friends. They were driving out in the damn SUV. The boys had sawed offs and all kind of shit. I'm like, man, I'm like, what they about to go do? <laughs> Man, <laughs> dude, I, it's just, um, and I know other countries are sending, I know ammo and probably water and food to the Ukrainians, but at some point, somebody has to in, in power. Somebody have to like mediate this thing and probably kind of get this thing, bring this thing back into perspective. Because I think last thing we want to see in this world is another world war. Because no, now you got China. You get China kind of, I don't know if it's true or not, but there's, you know, little stories that they're back in Russia. Yeah, I've kind of heard some of those. Yeah, yeah too. and and I'm like, wait a minute now, we 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 don't we don't we don't need countries, you know, agreeing with this and you know adding on and stirring the pot. We need leaders to come in and kind of mediate and say, okay, what what can we do to come to a compromise and, and a solution? Because people are dying for, I mean, for what, really? You look at it in the day, for what? It's dumb. It's dumb. Right. And, and the one thing, too, when you look at what the U.S. did, the U.S. and banned uh, Russia in all type of ways. There's uh-huh. so many sanctions that they've put on them. Yep. So 
But that's indirectly why now we see the issue with fuel and everything that's going on over here in the United States. So there's always a ripple effect with these situations. Yes. So we need that's why we need to we need to solve this quick because we need to get gas prices back down to two dollars. Yes, and we need to save these people's lives over there. And you know what? And be and nice to the Africans, y'all, over there in Ukraine. Be nice to the Africans, man. Come on now. Right. Now, also, shout out to the people that have been sending money to help the people over in Ukraine. Jules, I don't know if you saw this, but there's been different people over in Ukraine that have had those uh what do you call it? the Airbnbs. Okay. So they have their little Airbnbs up, but obviously no one's going to stay at an Airbnb in Ukraine, but people are booking reservations just where those people can have money because they said that's the quickest way to get money into the hands of people to help them out. So shout out to the people that thought that thought of that and, and that have been trying to help out. Oh, man, that's what's up, man. Yeah, man, it's just a tough situation to see. And to your point, Jules, I hope it gets figured out. I hope those peace talks can continue. And I also hope that Brittany Griner is able to get out of there we got to make sure mainstream media that we keep that same energy for everybody. Right. That's it. You right. Know, like exactly. One person isn't more important than somebody else, man. Everybody, this person has been detained. That should have been a top story. It's right. weeks and we still, we still hadn't heard about that shit. That, that bothers me, man. It really does. Cause it makes me wonder like, what's that about? Man. Free. Yeah. Like you say, free Britain, free, free Britney. Yeah, nobody was over here talking about free deal. I ain't gonna get into that. Okay, you don't get into all that. All right, Jules. <laughs> the okay. next mailbag question comes over from Riley from San Antonio, Texas, and Riley wanted to know why won't Spotify sever his relationship with Joe Rogan? He make too much money. <laughs> That's an easy answer. Hey, bro, make too much money. Now you think somebody who say this the comments that he made. Okay, suspension or whatever the case may be, maybe lose his show. But we see the haves and the have not, the rich and the poor. If you come, if you're rich and you can get away with certain things, it shouldn't be, but this is the world that we live in. But if I get on there and let's say I have a little platform and I say some off the wall type stuff, oh, I'm gone. Well, well, Jules, you not only have a platform, but you have more than a little platform, but you but now you get on here and you start talking crazy. <laughs> we know that there's levels to this thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But no, I think, Jules, I mean, simple to the point, Riley. Money talks. I mean, mm-hmm. you know how it goes. Spotify gave this man a $100 million deal, yep. and they're not done with him yet. They, they looking for some return on investment there. So they going to ride with him to the ship. Or lack of better words, until that ship hits the iceberg, shit, he he out of here. Perez, how you, how you feel about that, man? I mean, it's mixed reaction because now you got people, black people, coming to Joe Rogan's defense. I've been seeing that, which I, now, I struggle with that. I, me too. I'm like, uh, oh, oh, are you? Is this okay? Like, like what, what, what we what we what we talking about here now? Right, <laughs> right. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm I'm confused. You got certain people say the word. Oh, he's a racist in the okay. You get some people say the word like, well, in the content he used it. Yeah, now now, now we sit over here. Now we sit over here breaking down the use of the word. Don't use the right. word at all. Jules and I had a, a a show with you all last season when we talked about listen, nobody should be using that word. I don't even use that shit. 
And they were here talking about the context and the way he used it. Don't be sitting up here trying to apologize for people. Come on now. But, right. Right. I we right. Is either people can't use it or we can. So it's like pick a side, pick which one. And I prefer you can't use because it it like you said, prayers. We talked about it. It should never be used. And, you know, because it's the origin of it. It's a very, it's a very bad word. Very bad. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing, Jules, of that situation. My man, he went on a whole little rant about the, the world. Right. I mean, he went crazy. I'm sitting here like, wow, really, dude? So I don't know, man. So to, to answer your question, Jules, about it, I struggle with black people coming to this man's defense because to your point, what are we doing as a people? We go to sit here and let somebody disrespect us like that. See, that's the problem. Y'all are more, you are willing to apologize for some white person that's using a word like that, which is why in our own race, we don't have pride in ourselves and why we so divided as mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Right. That, shows right. us, that shows me a lot about our mentality and our mindset. Because for me, fuck a Joe, Ro- fuck a Joe Rogan. That shit was not cool. I know some people may say, oh man, we're freedom of speech. Nah, man, when you fucking being hateful and being an asshole, I- fuck you. How's that? I mean, okay. I love it when people want to throw that 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 First Amendment out there. We mm-hmm. got the freedom of speech. Yes, okay. But is it right? Exactly. exactly. Is it right? That's the exactly. thing we got to look at. Yeah, yes. But is it right? Is it nice? It's not. And and for him, an excuse he made for he didn't know. <laughs> I, bro, how how you're like what fifty? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Look, I'm with Samuel L. Jackson. He was not fucking with Joe Rogan in that apology, and I'm kind of in that same camp, too. So any of you brothers and sisters out there that y'all sit over here finding time to uh, apologize for what that man said about you, <laughs> just remember that his apology was not sincere. Fuck him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you he should have said the shit. He right, right, said the shit. Right, uh, right. I mean, I could, I, I can give somebody the credit or benefit of the doubt when you really didn't know, you really didn't mean to offend anybody, and the apology was 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 sincere. You you can see it and feel it. But my man was going off, and he he was comfortable. He was too comfortable. Yeah, he he was he was. It was like yeah, my man was using this word plenty of times. Yeah, I mean, so, dude, re- remember in, in Django when Leo Leonardo DiCaprio's right, character right. had to use mm-hmm. the N word? They talked to Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio about that, and he said he was uncomfortable with he using the word. Exactly. Right. And they said they had to keep rehearsing it to get him for him to get it right. Joe Rogan wouldn't have had that problem. No, <laughs> he would have he would have nailed that scene in one in one take. <laughs> in one take, <laughs> one take. Oh yeah, we got it. that's a wrap. He's like, if you guys need me to do that shit again, I got you. <laughs> so, wait, slow down, Tiger. Slow down, man. <laughs> Jesus. He's like, sir, don't be so eager. Right. <laughs> it's just the movie. He's like, okay, no problem. <laughs> I'm here to I'm here to move I'm I'm here to move this project along whatever way I can. <laughs> no, this is not real life. We're portraying something that, that happened back in. We're not trying to you know bring right. this back yet. Like wait yeah. a minute, they're like Mr. Rogan. Uh, there's no need to, for the Confederate flag. <laughs> is that a real whip? The yeah. hell, you what are you doing? That's not a prop. <laughs> Sir, where'd you get that Confederate flag? Yeah, right. <laughs> Cut. Oh, man. I'm done with this, O'Reilly. Thanks for the question. Thank you. <laughs> okay. The next one came up from Johnny from Ames, Iowa, Jules, and he wanted to know, 
How do we feel about Art Briles' decision to step down from his job at Grambling University? And well, this if he right here, yeah. this right here, Jules. Mm, mm, mm. Well, well, if he didn't, man, he was gonna catch hell. He was catching it, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He had to. He had to. He said, you know, the decision he made, you know, he he did it because it's he's a great distraction. Yes, and you are. And they have to look at it and say, <laughs> okay, what like what happened? I said, brother, you what? All those allegations. I said, brother, you didn't. Oh, you threw. And he didn't do a damn thing. I said, you threw. Even you got the great Doug Williams in there. Uh, uh, you know, you know, he went to Grambling and you know, uh, first black quarterback to win the Super Bowl for Washington. He he even stepped in and was like, no. Come on, man. How'd you hide? How'd you hide? Why'd you hire this guy in the first place? Uh-huh. Hey, when you think of Doug Williams, he's Mr. Grambling. Right. Outside right. of Eddie Robinson. <laughs> man. So, first of all, shouldn't be hiding in the first place. Grambling, that, that's on you. I don't know what y'all saw him on my man, but, you know. Yeah. Right. So, he's pretty much, pretty much through. His career is over. Yeah, I mean, because to, to audience, and if you guys don't know about Art Brown's history, Google him, former Baylor coach, numerous allegations within his football program of players and sexual assault and violence against women. And a lot of times, Art Brown's and his administration did nothing about these allegations. Man. And the decision that Grambling made to hire him as the, the, uh, the offensive coordinator, two things. The first thing I agree wholeheartedly with what Jewel said, should have never been hired. The second part, Hugh Jackson, the coach of Grambling, you come down there, you take this job, you have this opportunity to empower. Why not hire a young office of mm-hmm. a young African American mm-hmm. office of minded candidate? This is my thing. This is Grambling University. Right. You go reach for some controversial ass figure instead of trying to put on one of your own at Grambling mm-hmm. at an HBCU HB, at one of the most right. historically HBCUs. So that was my second part of this thing, Jules. I'm like, what are we doing? You go in and, and you, you, you got this tremendous opportunity to bring Grambling University back to where it should have been. But then you distract everybody now from this bullshit that you pulled by trying to hire somebody that had no business being hired. And then he tried to justify it. Um, I, right. How, how You can only polish a pig so much. Hmm. And it's still a pig. So I don't know. I don't care. Well, how you spend something? <laughs> 31 allegations. I mean, 31 players. 31 players. Man, I read that. I was like, my God. How was he? Press, you're right. And then, and then another day, let's, well, yeah, Press, let's talk about what you said. You just said. You brought this, you brought this man from, from the dead. Mm-hmm. I think he hadn't worked since, since, since 16, 2016 or something like that. Like that yeah. So, but you got so many up and coming, fresh, you know, offensive coordinators, fresh, fresh, young black uh, coaches where you can say, OK, and anyone you guys, you know, say show uh, 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 show that you can you can take the part and lead the part and, and have that it factor where you can, you know, saying progress to my football team. All right, cool. Man, the question, yeah, Perez, that's a great question. Why we go and get my man from the dead? Right. I, right. That's the, right. I, I, yeah. Yeah. That right there is a, what were we doing? You in a position of, of to bring somebody up, give somebody a chance, and you drop the ball, man. 
And think about this. So T.C. Taylor, okay. he's, he's on the offensive staff at Jackson State with Dion. Before Dion got that job at Jackson State, T.C. was one of the top candidates to get that spot as the head coach of Jackson State. Okay. Why not tap that guy on the show? See, that's my problem. You would rather resurrect somebody from the dead with all of these allegations instead of trying to build something for us. Mm. See? Yeah. And it goes back to the point I was making a second ago about us apologizing for people disrespecting right. our culture. Exactly. Dude, I was thinking the same thing. We got to stop disrespecting our culture. We got to start working together. We got to start helping each other. Hugh Jackson, come on, bro. This is grambling. <laughs> come on, man. That, that, even when I saw them bring in our bras, I was like, why? Ain't nobody going to listen to that motherfucker. What we doing? <laughs> yeah, friends. I, I, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, I scratched my head on that one, man. I, I, what, where, what, where are we going on this one? Why? Why? He must have had a hell of an interview or something. I don't know. <laughs> man, I don't know. Man. <laughs> right, know right, right. But I hope I hope that Hugh learned from this. I hope I hope Hugh learned his lesson, Jules, because I'm telling you. Oh, he did. That was a bad decision on his part. And he is not getting out to a good start. <laughs> his grambling. Uh-huh. His I said, grambling career. Because if we we're talking like this, you know it's plenty. Plenty of other cats talking like this too. Like, wait a minute, bro, what you doing, man? You know what to do, man. I hope so. You know well, they do, but they better strike. They better strike quick because uh, spring practice is coming up in a couple weeks, and they still ain't got no damn offensive coordinator. So man. they better get to it. Okay. And you, uh, don't be fucking finding nobody else with no, no damn history of sexual assault <laughs> and all that crap. Come on, man. Here you better do it. Prayers coming for you now. You turn man, off the lights. You. He'll be he'll be there in the dark now. <laughs> <laughs> but not like that, audience. Nope. <laughs> yeah, that dude doing anything to get the champagne, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Only for gas money, y'all. Only for gas money. Ooh, we. I do it for the culture and I do it for gas money. <sighs> oh, yes, daddy. <laughs> you a fool. All right, Sarah from Sydney, Australia. Mm. She wanted to know. What are you guys' thoughts about George Zimmerman attempting oh, to sue the Martin family for defamation? Prez, I'll tell you my real thoughts when we off the air. Mm. But, but I mean, it's an insult and injury, man. Yeah, that's Come what on, I man. Too. It's, it's insult and injury, man. Bro, go. Listen, you got away with murder. I'll put it out there. You got away with murder. Now go and live your life, man. You ain't got to. What you doing suing the uh, Martin family and this and now because it's it's ten years since since that unfortunate tragedy event. Now here you come with talking about defamation, man. Come on, bro, get out of here. And no judge and uh, court order should even appease that. No, they toss that shit out. Yeah, that, come on, just live your life. You got away with murder. Live your mm -hmm. life, but you got away with murder here. You still got to answer for it. Hmm. That's all I'm gonna say. You still got to answer for that. Ooh, I know where you're going with that. He, that hey, that's deep. That's deep level. A lot of people don't even think like that, Jules. But he, he's right. You know what I'm saying? You got away with it here. <laughs> One day, though. One day. Because mm -hmm. I'll just say this, and we talked about this in season two on this show. George Zimmer has always been a punk ass motherfucker to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Couldn't take an ass whooping. Right. Right. 
That's what it all comes down to. You was getting your ass beat by a kid. <laughs> Listen, right. if that had been me, I'm not going to speak for Jules. If that had been me, I first of all, I wouldn't have been fucking with that kid. Exactly. Secondly, if I'd have got that ass whooping, Jules, you would have never heard about it. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I'll just take my liquor and keep taking uh -huh. Right. You know about Jules, what happened? Oh, I was a slip and fall. I was uh, shoveling some snow and one thing right. led to another. Oh, you would never know. <laughs> man, they gave my my man was he was following uh, Trayvon. Following, yeah, he was a and, creep. You stalked him. You stalked, you stalked him. him, and he and he and he got you. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. what you do? You kill the man. Like and then cry, you know, uh, uh, self defense. But he, the, but also too now he the victim. Right, he the what? Ain't nobody tell you to run up on him. Uh, well. And he and he upset now because talking about some his reputation, motherfucker. You was riding that fucking whole wave thinking that shit was cute. He was trying to be that 15 minutes of fame type of guy. Remember that shit? After that whole yeah. thing happened, the same thing what Kyle Rittenhouse is doing. These guys think shit's cute. Man, people saw through. People saw right through that. And then, Prez, I ain't gonna lie. I was watching that. My wife and I we was watching that trial. And I, would, I got so angry because they did not prep the only witness mm. that was that, that could at least talk about what happened that night. And she got on the on the stand and just yeah. Their lawyers didn't. Their lawyers didn't prep them. They they. It, George was hey. George wasn't even sweating over there. No, he, he wasn't even sweating. No, because he knew in his mind he was like, oh, I got this. First of all, I'm in Florida. They ain't even prepping his witnesses. Right. His witnesses so ill prepared. Right. They picking everything they saying apart. It's like yeah. And so to your point, yeah, I was pissed off by that. Then you got to think about the family, right? They lost their loved one. Mm -hmm. And they still dealing with their loss. And then this man going to sit here and file a lawsuit against them, and oh. then all that's doing is trudging up you know, you their, their feelings and their emotions. What's up? I'll tell you what. That couldn't be my son. I couldn't be the father. Because I would – I'm, I'm not going to lie. It, it, it's one of them things. It's just, Prez, you really have to hold my hand. <laughs> because it would have been – it would have been blind rage. I would have just been gone. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't give a damn what, what system, but what, what happened to me afterwards. Right, right. But that's why you got to give so much credit to these families that go through mm -hmm. these situations because mm -hmm. a lot of cases, Jules, they sit there in court. They have to listen to these stories. They have to listen to the testimony. They got to listen to the eyewitness accounts of what happened. And it's just playing over and over and over again in their, in their minds. And these people never do that. You never see those type of outbursts. And you wonder, when do they have that chance to get that rage out? Because oh, I'm with you. I don't know how I would be able to be in front of a TV camera and be composed. Right. I, right. Look, you, bro, not today. Come on, man. Come on. Give, no. me, give the panel no. some time. No, I'm not trying to talk to none of y'all. Right. <laughs> you, you right. I, like I said, you had, you had to have that meteor. You had to have that meteor to like, Come on, man! Give give the people some respect, some time. Mm -hmm, They're dealing mm -hmm. with this, and then then you got to replay this and re and revision this. They got his sweater up, and they got the plus thing, and the whole mm -hmm. and man, and you're like, I I have to be excused. I I, I couldn't sit there and no. see this man with this smug look on his face. Exactly. Uh, you know, I, I exactly. could. I could. Because I, I tell you one thing, Jules. You know this about my personality. One thing I don't like is I don't like no passive aggressive little bitch ass shit like that. 
Mm-hmm. See, something like that to get somebody ass slapped. <laughs> you know, so I right. just can't certain things right. I just can't deal with. I much I much rather you just come up to me and just say, yeah, you know, whatever you gotta say. But that little smug stuff, the blue, because you, you remember that during the trial. He had a look on his face like he didn't give a fuck. And then it come out to the judge was some type of friend of his father's and stuff. Yeah. It was like this, it was whole charade. It was it was a farce. It was a farce. That's right. But I'm glad that this judge threw out this frivolous lawsuit. Fuck George Zimmerman again. And thank mm-hmm. you for the question, Sarah. Last question, Jules, before we get into the episode. Because we're from Dennis from Akron, Ohio. And Dennis wanted to know, why does everyone assume that Justin Fields is going to be a star in the NFL? Because he is. <laughs> Damn it, Dennis. Because he is. He showed The man showed you what he can do last year, uh, last season. Or this season, rather. Or whatever. Last season. He showed you what he can do. And that was his first year. Let the man get polished. Let him get a little experience. A little, you know. And... He can show you. He show you all the all the attributes, man. He show you, man. Man can run. He can throw. All I need to do is get a little experience, and he he be good. Uh, you know, Mahomes came in second year, slanging Jackson, uh, Watson. Well, until the allegation, but and you know, so so man, my man, he got. You see the talent. You see what he can do. It's just now he's going to progress from it and get better in time and. In each each game and practice, and you know, get the weapons behind him, get that goddamn line together. And, <clears throat> man, my man, be good, man. Dennis, just just sit back and watch, man. That's all you do, Dennis. <laughs> so I kind of understand where Dennis is coming from. Now I'm with Jules. I think that it wasn't fair to evaluate Justin Fields last season. He's got he had a lot of things going right. against him. Right, the offensive line, which is what Jules mentioned, hundred percent agree with you there. Matthew Nagy, the head coach, was a fucking schmuck. So he Uh-oh. has so many things going against him, and I'm not even going to get into Matt Nagy. But the point of me saying that is Justin Fields didn't have a really fair uh-huh. chance right. last season. Right. So right. your question is fair, Dennis, because you're wondering, well, why is it that people just automatically say, hey, this guy's going to be this and be that? We don't know. The jury is still out. But I would say last season did give you a sample size. Now, we saw glimpses of superstardom, mm-hmm. Right. But we also saw struggles, right. but that's going to happen when you got a rookie quarterback. But I'll tell you one thing. I'm excited to see what he'll be able to do with a real system around him. Luke Getzey, the, the offensive coordinator that came over here from the Packers, that guy worked with Aaron Rodgers. You don't think he'll be able to help Justin Fields? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a team. One man can't do it by himself. It's a team. So you put the you put the right pieces in place with them. Oh man, dude, right, right people and the right coaches, right system. Man, you get a rhythm, you get an identity out there. Man, I just yeah. can't. I'm just, I'm a hey, praise. I'm just sitting back, just, just can't wait. I can't wait for the, this season to come up and preseason and training and man. I know football just got over a couple weeks ago, but man, I can't wait to to, to for it to uh, kick off again. Yeah, especially with fucking no baseball potentially. So man, yeah, football. Oh, for real. right, right, for real. right. Because <laughs> yeah. that's been another situation. Now I'm looking at this thing. I'm like, Jules, we ain't, we ain't gonna have no damn spring training games. And the first couple of weeks of the season look like they're canceled. I'm like, boy, we gonna have another summer mm. of just scratching our heads when they go to this damn major league baseball. Get but, it together, MLB. Yeah, they really do need to get it together. <laughs> but but Dennis. I think that was a good point that you were making, but I think that it's not fair yet 
to assume that he won't be a star. Because I think the kid's got a lot of potential. I mean, you look at what the guy, he's got the tools, man. If you look at when people always talk about Jules, the eye test. Well, I'm okay. looking at Justin Fields. I'm like, well, shit, he passes that eye test and then so. Mm-hmm. We, we got to put the right team around him. Right. So compliment this kid and what he does best. Put him in a system where he's going to be able to be comfortable and do what he do, do what he does best. Protect them. Now they're trying to work on that line. They drafted Tevin in the draft, and you know that was kind of up and down. You know, we'll we'll definitely see what happens here because we got you know we got free agency on on the horizon. Uh-huh. NFL draft is in April. Man, I just know that whatever they do, they got to make sure that they protecting this man. Mm-hmm. Got to make sure they protecting him. You know, we talk about this kid being the future. That's just not bullshit talk. And I believe in Ryan Poles. We're talking about Justin Fields. But I believe Ryan Poles, the new GM, I think he has what it takes to get this shit right. He's a former mm-hmm. offensive lineman. So you know he's going to prioritize that yeah. shit. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. I like, like you said, when he came in and got the got the green light, the uh, the job. And shit, that, my man, he was in the office that night. Dude, he pulled up at nighttime, like you said, ready to work. <laughs> at night. In the cold. Said, let's, get, let's work. Yeah, let's, work. Said, let's work. Okay. Go ahead, brother. In that press conference, my man said it's time to take back the North and never give it back. And I'm telling you, the Meathead Bears fan and me, I <laughs> lost my damn mind, Jules. <laughs> Ooh, man. I was all lathered up. I was like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> you, probably, you probably jumped up and broke some windows, boy. Watch man, out, fake him. Man. Watch out. Man. <laughs> Oh, dude, that's funny that you mentioned that. So I was covering the uh, super sectional at UIC Pavilion last night, and I was looking uh-huh. around, just making sure. I was like, I was looking for the names on the thing. I'm like, man, I'll make sure fake Zimmerman ass ain't nowhere near me. He wasn't there last night, so I was, I was very thankful for that. Okay. This, this okay. event must have been for real media, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But fake oh, Zimmerman man. was probably somewhere in the stands, somewhere trying to eat somebody else's fucking food. Yeah, right. Party. Hey man, speaking of how my man Dub doing? Dub good, man. Dub good, man. Hey, audience. Now he heard about y'all calling foul on him, and and I told him I said, bro, you got to do better. You got to do better, man. You're supposed to be my wing, man. Now come on, because I know Jules wouldn't allow that to happen. Mm-mm. No, I I'm, like, I'm like, face it, man. What you doing? Matter of fact, get up, man. Go on the back. Of, <laughs> go on the back of the line. <laughs> Jules would be like, hey, what you doing there? Why you sitting there? Then matter of fact, hey man, give me hey, give me your lunch, man. Give me your lunch. <laughs> give me your lunch. <laughs> no, nah, don't say they hand it to me, motherfucker. <laughs> 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 treat his ass like Devo. Yeah. <laughs> My bike, punk. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I'm like, Prez, you got extra room now. Man, do your yes. thing, bro. <laughs> uh, and you know what? I ain't had that problem yesterday. I'm talking about boy. I, I looked to the left of me and looked to the right of me. Boy, I had arm lift room. I was able to type and do what I had to do. I was like, man, this is perfect. It was a perfect experience. So I know the audience is saying that I was borderline foul on that. I don't care because I had my room no. yesterday. I had nothing. <laughs> I care. Yeah, I had nothing to complain about yesterday. And guess what, Jules? Oh, they, had pop, they had pop bellies yesterday. Ooh, fire. Oh, man. Okay. Had nobody bothered my stuff when I went to go do what I needed to do. They didn't bother me, and I didn't even have to leave a note. At first, I was going to put a post-it note. You know this what, This does friend? not belong to you. Do not open it. You know what? Hey, man. They know you. They, know you. they said, no, nah, this is prayers right there. I said, my man, 
inmate, check out my man right there. Yeah, you talking about big fella? Oh, wow. <laughs> that's, hey, that's Perez right there. Damn. Okay, we ain't fuck with dude. Let's go in the back. <laughs> you better not bother his cookie either. <laughs> yeah. Man, you know, there was a dude named Fake Zip, man. He not here no more. Matter of fact, he missing. <laughs> like, yeah, what happened to him? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you were oh, a fool. Boy. You were a fool. Boy. Yeah, I was definitely hoping that uh, Fake Zimmer wasn't up in there yesterday because I ain't want to have no other awkward in- interaction with this kid, man. <laughs> oh man. So hey, the universe was in my favor for us, so it was, it was all good. Audience, hmm. we gonna get into the episode here. So as Jules told you guys earlier, we're gonna we're gonna pull back the curtain. Uh, housing affordability, not only just in Chicago, but I think in the U.S. as a whole. But we'll definitely start the conversation by talking about Chicago. Because I thought that this was a fair topic, and this was given to us by Sharonda here in Chicago. So thank you, Sharonda, for the topic today. But when you think about housing affordability, Jules, most of the the government-backed programs that they have, they're mostly confined Mm -hmm. to Black neighborhoods. So you got to think about it. So you're going to have affordable housing and all these different programs, but you're pushing people to stay in areas where they're driven by poverty, places that don't have resources. And let's just not, let's just call a spade a spade. But a lot of these programs continue to keep this city segregated. We talked about this before on this show when we talked about redlining. Yep. Mm-hmm. The way that this original design was with this grid is they wanted to keep everybody in their own type of neighborhoods. And if you realize, Jules, even today, you still have people that kind of think like that. If they think that, oh, what you doing in this neighborhood? Oh, what do you do? You know, all that kind of shit. But anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. No, I get you. My, but I get my point, though, when I talk about the housing affordability is the fact that the programs that they have in place, they fail people. Because they force them to be in only certain type of communities. And those communities still lack resources, quality education, right? There's a lot of sometimes crime in those areas. The job market may not be as strong in those areas. So I thought this was a fair topic because I was just wondering, like, okay, food deserts. Remember, we talked about that in season three. Healthy, nutritional food and things of that nature. Sometimes they're not in these areas, in these communities. So we have to, as a country, and also here in Chicago, Jules, we got to work to making these situations fair across the board because we know redlining, when that was created, that was there was nothing fair about that. Oh, that yeah. was designed for a specific reason. And look at what we're dealing with today. And it's, it's almost to the point that you brought up earlier when you talked about the haves versus the have-nots. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's all, when you look at it, it's more polished, more cute uh, community of where people... We're living in a in a degraded type uh, community. You just just spoofing it up. Okay, you, you bring in uh, contractors and you get people to donate, and the city is have grants and and you building up in the neighborhood, but there's nothing behind it. There's anything behind it because you still get if if, if there's resource, there's lack of it. You got to change. The thing is, you got to change people's mindset. I remember I talked to a good friend of mine. Well, will say it have a chain. Uh, uh, that person have a chain elephant type mentality. You chain the elephant to a tree, and he stays there. He stays there because he felt like he can't move. But the elephant is so strong enough, he can rip the tree, 
But, uh, you know, more than that, you take the, the chain off the elephant and he'll stay there because it's programmed. So we got to change the mindset of, of the people when, okay, you have the lack of resources and in, in schools and this whole cycle, cycle of things that's going on in these communities. So you get the, the, the government who will feel good because they're, they're building up and it's like, oh, okay, but you need more. Just like with Justin Field. Okay, we have Justin Field, but you need people around them to make this, to make this guy, you know what I'm saying? What else? What, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, we, we, okay, you have that. Okay, good. I mean, you got to have programs in place where, okay, we need to change the mindset of, of these people that's living here. Because if not, if you, if you, they stay in this, this situation, this, this environment and they have the mindset they, they have, it's, it's go, in years, it's going to run down. So with that, you need to bring in education. You need to bring in more resources. You need to bring in uh, jobs. You, you need to bring in a tool so, they can be successful. People in the community can be successful. So when I when I look at this, when we talk about housing affordability, okay, you have, like I say, we, we have the people that come in and do these things. I just read in the paper yesterday that they're auctioning off land uh, properties in Chicago. Uh, so And it's like a, a lot of them, like thousands, thousands of properties. Yeah, I actually put in a, a couple of bids on some stuff. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Now, what can say a developer or... Uh, or somebody with money in position to to do things to to get these things because these properties are are low. Yeah, yeah, you, you they're, they're definitely and, affordable. Yeah, you can fix them up and have people come here, and then not just have them come here. That's when you get to the education on what to do to keep them or how to fix it. Because a house, having a house, president, you don't, I don't have to tell you it's a big responsibility. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it also comes with a great sense of pride, or it should. It, that that do there you go. Because if you say, hey, I got this thing right here, man, and you get that mindset like, man, I'm going to keep it up and keep the, the, the grass cut. I'm going to keep the, the house painted, the electricity on and the water and and and, and make the make the your house looks good. And, and then you, you you got a good feeling about yourself and you're out there picking up paper in, in, in somebody else's yard. And you want their, you want the whole community to feel, feel like your house, like like a pride and ownership. That's that. That's that. That's where we need to get to, man. That's where we need to get to. So it's take it take a collective uh, uh, effort from everybody to to build these communities. I do agree with what you're saying because what you're saying is something that we've talked about in the past on the show. Whereas with our mindset and us doing better, but I also think for this topic as well. In addition to that, because I do think that that's correct, but I don't think that it should all just be about keeping us within certain communities. Mm-hmm. How come right. they don't have these right. housing programs in Winneka? Wilnuk- how come they don't have these housing programs in, I don't know, Western Springs? So that's my problem, Jules. And that's why when the question came over to us I, or this topic came over to us, I was like, this is a good topic because it piggybacks off of something that we talked about before, but we didn't hit it from this type of angle. Because mm-hmm. when you look at it from right now, you got these high income, well-resourced areas. So what did I just get you talking about earlier, audience? I talked about the fact that a lot of these areas where they have these programs now, Low income, lack of resources, food deserts, the mm-hmm. education sucks, crime is all over the place, right? And to Jules's point, the mindset of the people, they've already kind of given up on themselves. And indirectly, because they've given up on themselves, they're destructive and they're now tearing up their community. Mm-hmm. But my thing is, there are good people out here that want an opportunity. Yes, they sir. want a quote-unquote piece of the of the, the apple pie, the American pie, if you will. 
but they're not getting that opportunity because you just sit over here saying, oh, okay, ma'am, with, you know, with a couple kids or, you know, I don't want to just single out a single mother, but let's just say, right, right. okay, you may have a family, a small family, and they don't have like, you know, the type of money to live in these, these areas. Well, why can't that individual be put in a program that can put them in a good spot? If that person has shown, hey, they have a strong work record, they've kept steady job employment, they don't get in trouble. They're credit worthy. They just may not have the, the finances of a doctor or a dentist or these people that live in these communities. Why can't you put them in a program to put their kids in a position where their kids can have access to these quality schools? Where you can put them in a community that has grocery stores and the kids ain't sitting here eating bullshit food and fast food and being surrounded by liquor stores and currency exchanges and all this other mm -hmm. bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So that was my point. It's just when I looked at this, where are the programs to put these kids, these families into these high-priced areas? Now, I know the, the answer to that question. The people and the residents in them high-priced areas yeah. don't want your asses in there. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. There ain't nothing else. Ain't no other answer to that, but that, yeah, they don't want but, your ass there. But, but fuck their feelings. Yeah, true. Because you know where I live, Jules, and it's decent around here. But I ain't got no right to say who can and cannot live over here. Shit, whoever. Just don't just don't come over here doing no dumb shit. Press, that's that's it. Right. Hey, if you're gonna come over here, cool. We'll welcome you. But now nah, don't come over in that dumb shit now. Hey, right. then then there's gonna be problems. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a problem. You know, press, you know where I'm at then. Sometimes, man, a funny story. Well, not a funny story, but you know, a house went up for sale and my wife and I, we just like. We just pray whoever come over here, let man, let them conform to the neighborhood because the neighborhood is solid. I mean, it is solid. We all care for one another. We watch over each other's property. We know the kids. We, you know, we know the husband and wife. We take care. We snow. We help people with their snow. And we have we have a unit going over here. It's a community, and that's how all the community should be. But they're not. So, but that's but then, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, but you know. So when it, when that when that person came over, fit right in. I was like, perfect, perfect. That that did y'all come over and greet and, and bring over some uh, wine and cheese and and, and and a little platter. You know, we didn't. Okay, I just said, I said, hey brother, how's it going, man? I'm okay, <laughs> hey brother, okay, all right. That's <laughs> I said, man, welcome to the neighborhood, man. Jules, Jules, Jules skipped the wine and cheese and just went straight for the. What's good? I got you. Yep. I got you. <laughs> but you know so i think that's a good little diving point that you just kind of you know brought up there because think about that right now over the last couple of years you've seen a lot of people put their homes on the market for one reason or another maybe they could no longer afford it the pandemic wasn't that good to them or some people saw damn the value of my home went up like crazy <laughs> i'm gonna uh -huh. cash out right but anyway mm -hmm. that leaves a void now because you do have residents that are looking around like okay this neighbor over here i had a good relationship with them they're selling oh boy what are we gonna have you know kind of coming in here because i'm i'm dealing with that problem over here i had a neighbor before this young lady with her kids moved in over here and the previous people older couple perfect great to work with communicative the whole thing now the whole thing was great you get this person now attitude don't speak hates mm -hmm. the world Passive aggressive. No oh, man. You know what I mean? That's not a that's not a neighbor. See, I grew up and I'm old school. Jules is old school. 
I grew up in a community where the neighbors was family. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. We don't have that. Now, when I look at this topic here, talking about a housing affordability, with my desire for more programs and initiatives to be put forward to help some of these people, now you don't have to just be African Americans. It could just be, it could be anyone that could be considered quote unquote low income. Okay. Put them into a community where they're going to have resources. Put them somewhere where they're going to be able to have a chance to be successful. Right. Right. And guess what? They deserve to have the neighborly stuff that's going on, like Jules is telling you, how he's saying that they have that sense of community. A lot of these people come from communities that it's like <laughs> any man for themselves type of shit. Mm -hmm. And what Jules has over there, they got a sense of community. What we have over here is to a certain degree that not 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 as much as where Jules does, but you know, it's it's fine. But my point is some people have never even had that. So that gives them that opportunity. And like I said, I've said it so many times, but Chicago continues to, to be, in my opinion, one of the most segregated cities in the country. I travel around the world, Jules, and I'm telling you, man, I was, I gotta tell this story. I was down there, okay. Mobile, Alabama, for the Senior Bowl. You know, I was down there covering that right. dub. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, in my mind, I'm thinking, man, it's going to be some problems down here. It's going to be weird. It's going to be this. It's going to be that. Brother, I ain't had not one single problem down there. Oh, now, man. Because they, you know Alabama now. Right. Back in the days. But back in the days. Uh-huh. Well, my thing is, I had had a lot of little weird shit happening here in Chicago ever since the Trump administration came in with now you got a lot of people that got a little courage these days. And you know what I'm talking about, Jules. Oh, yeah. I feel a lot of little tinge of little nonsense up here. But how come I didn't get any of that down there in the South where that's where that shit originated? Mm. Just, Good just question. Point. Just point. Good question. I just, I just wonder. Hey, you got me. You got me. You got me dumbfounded over here like, man, okay. <laughs> So, yeah, man, so I don't know, man. I just think at the end of the day, it's not just about uh, low-income housing for people of color. It should just be low-income housing for people that qualify, right? Right, right. And then award an opportunity. And just not just dump everybody into high-poverty areas. Because I just think all that does is just really, it doesn't help anybody. Because these people that you put in these areas, now they got to fend for themselves they got to worry about safety of their kids. Their kids aren't going to have proper education. And again, it's a cycle that Jules talked it's about. Just, right. It, it doesn't do anything. I know you, you and um, you and Dub talk about empty calories. Mm -hmm. it, it's empty calories. Yes. Because you, you're not gaining it. The, the person you, you're so-called trying to help is not really, you're not really helping. Um, and for what you was talking about, not only spread them out throughout these suburbs where these houses are, and they got some nice housing. They and they they are pretty penny, mm -hmm. but uh, I would say people should have the opportunity, like you said, prayers to want to do better and, and have nicer things and 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 go from there. Uh, better schools and now hell, we ain't talking about the ones who just want to stay, you know, in in the dirt. We talk about the ones who's out there that's trying to try to do something and trying to try to make advancements, but just don't. The, the city can, the state can do better. They can do better. So, 
So yeah, I agree. I mean, because they do. Yeah, we know that there could be all kind of tax credit programs they could put together because huh. they've done it in the past. But a lot of times, like I said, they're just not putting them in areas where I think that they should be spreading it, not just all concentrating in one area. Because to me, right. when I see that stuff happen. I'm like, is this just another form of redlining? <laughs> you're just like, okay, yeah, we got a program for you, but this way you got to go. You're like, well, wait a minute. What about over here? <laughs> well, where would you like to go? Yes, Elgin. No. You're over <laughs> or Amherst or whatever. Like, or whatever. Yeah, I was going to say, no no, no offense to anybody that listens to the show that lives in Elgin. Mm-hmm. But Elgin has you know, kind of a higher uh, low-income population there as well but my point is that's the Tampa area where they'll try to put those in yeah it is. you know what I mean and and so my thing is if somebody says I want to go to Schaumburg I want to go to Arlington Heights I want to go to Roland Meadows mm-hmm. where's the programs to put them out there oh, I'm sorry those are not on the, on the map <laughs> but now one of the point that I did bring up a second ago when I talked about the housing market right now Another part of the equation, and, and, and I briefly talk, touched on this, but and Jules, you know this, look at the housing market and look at the prices of homes right now. Everything's like through the roof. Everybody's value of their homes has gone up crazy. But then if you sell your home and you try to buy a house, you can't afford what's out there on the market. Mm-mm. It's comparable to what you have. Because I even looked at that. I kind of humored the realtor. He went up. He was like, hey, yeah, your home appreciated it. It's done this and it's done that. I'm looking at this imaginary money on this paper that he's showing me. I'm like... Yeah, that's cute. But I said, but for what I own, um, that's going to cost seven, dollars $800,000. I'm like, I'm not trying to spend that. Mm-hmm. No, I, I bought it at the right time. So I'm just going to sit here and ride this sucker out. Right. But see, but that caused a deeper problem because that's a privilege that I have. Think about there's people out here, they didn't have a first home. They didn't have a second home. See, I've had a couple homes. They didn't have that. So now they're in this situation now where they're looking like, I don't have $300,000, but I'm tired of renting. Or I want to find a, a community that's a better school for my kid. Right. I want to find a community that's closer to where I work. Because sometimes you have these people, they work in these uh, higher income areas, but then they live in a low poverty type of uh, area. Right. So it's like, think about that opportunity cost where they're traveling and spending all that, especially with gas the way it is right now. Shit. I want to drive nowhere. Remember, Man. Jules, I used to be like, oh, yeah, I'll drive anywhere. Not now. Man. I got to be like, I got to see how good of a friend you are. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Making some decisions. I'll hit you back. Let me know. Give me a second. I'll hit you back. Let me see. Yeah, exactly. Man. No, but you're right, man. Uh, you're right. Because we're talking about far as the traveling to work a school or or you, you know the, the the jobs and it's all they play a part all they play a part and and when when you look at that we're thank god we're privileged where we can do things but like you said people man they're in a situation man that's why they're stuck mm-hmm. you know sometimes they they're they're at there because it's like hell that's that's all they can afford all they can do right now exactly and and you want, and they want to do better, I, you know. And but it's just, it's just so, man, it's just so rough and expensive. Maybe, it, it, like we talked about in the beginning, is like the half and half not is like, man, rich or poor, man. We, you know, we're here, and they're they're there, and, then, and that's how we're gonna keep it. Mm-hmm. And it's not right, man. And it's 
and it's not right because a lot of people want want better want a better life for themselves. Why why we're down here? And you know, Jules, that 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 brings me to something that I wasn't even gonna say, but I'm just gonna say it now. Okay. I was out in Oak Brook. This was probably back in January, and I was at an establishment, and there was a black dude. He was at the bar, and he just started striking up conversation with us. Okay. And I don't know what he was on because at first I thought he was like on some cool shit, but then he like I immediately realized that he was one of them. And so I said, so he was like, hey, so what y'all out here doing? And I'm looking, I was confused by the question. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like in general or just like right now? I'm like, it's right now I'm doing <laughs> right. the same shit you're doing. <laughs> so then he's like, no, nah. he said, oh, you know, when I see like, you know, people of color, I just like try to find out like, do they live here or what they're doing out mm. here? And I'm sitting here asking him like, so what you the, uh, I said, you the gatekeeper for Oprah? <laughs> what, 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 okay. what you talking about? So now everybody in my group, they're like, oh shit. Because <laughs> so I'm like, so I mean, like I'm, what is he on? Like, what you trying to say? Right, right. And he's talking about, oh, you know, I was trying to see, like, if y'all was from the city, you know, because, like, sometimes, you know, people come out here and they be on stuff and it makes it hard on, on the rest of us and this and that. And I said, brother, I said, I'm not the type the type of flex. Mm -hmm. I said, but I guarantee you, if you go outside when I leave and see the car that I drive out of here in, you ain't got to worry about shit to do with me or anybody that's hanging out with me at this table right now. I said, worry about your damn self. And I said, your type of attitude is dangerous. I'm not going to sit up here and look at my own kind and just assume that they're out on some bullshit. And see, so many of us do that shit to each other. Mm -hmm. And that's messed up, man. No, but he said, oh, he do that to everybody. He a, he a damn lie. He a damn fool. Yeah. He don't do it there, but a motherfucker profiling his own people. Yeah, with some dirty ass shoes. But anyway, that don't even matter. <laughs> I, was oh, like, I thought, I thought, up. I thought when you come outside wearing some Air Force Ones, they supposed to be white. His shit was gray. Oh, what the hell are you over here worried about me for? That's that's messed up. But see, that goes to the show what we was talking about early in the episode. We're not, you know, keep this division. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 your own people. You send them to, and he's over there thinking. Man, what they own. What they own. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's like, like, and we and we just look at him like, oh, he's just a cool dude sitting over here right. at the right. bar. Never mind that I'd not judge this man that he at the bar by himself. But anyway, whatever. Do you? Yeah, we gotta do better, bro. That's the thing. Now I put the pre you know, Jules, I put the pressure on everybody. But okay. I also put the pressure on my own people. I put the pressure on myself. Because mm -hmm. I know there's things that I could do better and do differently. So I'm not going to just be sitting there pointing the finger because I know there's things I could do differently as well. But the reason why I told that story, audience, is just because that pains me to see that we think worse, that we think so horrible of, of ourselves, of, of, of who we are. But that was put into us. Like Jules gave you guys that analogy about the elephant in the tree. That's programmed to that elephant. We need to stop being fucking elephants, man. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm sick of it. When you see the stuff that goes on on social media with people that oppose mixed housing, and I mm -hmm. talked about this earlier, they don't want us in these communities, whether you're a person of color, whether they think that you don't have uh, the same type of financial stock that they have. But a lot of times, as I mentioned, Jules, when you see the little comments on social media about why they don't want the mixed housing, the first thing they want to talk about is, oh, my property values or crime or it's not going right. to be safe. right. All that shit, when I read stuff like that, it's like, that just comes off to me, racist undertones. Yeah, you know, they, you know, talk about the white flight and gentrification and all that. It's, you know, mm -hmm. you, you get sick of hearing that. And mm -hmm. and the thing is, and the thing is, 
Chris, it's, it's hard for me to look at this stuff because it's like I look at it and I have the I have a heart. You know, I'm no fool, but I do show empathy and and want people to do better. And we like you say, we can be hard on ourselves and we can be hard on others and but we don't have to defame them. Right. Or you, you know, talk bad about them. It's 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 just a simple fact that uh people look at it like I worked and I worked so hard, this is why I'm at. And that's good. It's not wrong it's not wrong hurting it or working and and you and you you progress and you got you at where you're at now. But you give you was given the opportunity. Some people was given the opportunity and then some people don't don't have the opportunity, but they want better. Mm-hmm. And if there's a chance and if they can come in your neighborhood and they show that, you know, they're they're good people and they want to be here and they respect themselves in the neighborhood, then then welcome them to that neighborhood. So Exactly. And like to the point that we both said earlier, mm-hmm. as long as these people have come in and they're showing that listen, I want to be a good neighbor to you, it don't matter about how you got into the community. I don't give a shit. Right. Just we want us as a community over here. We just want people that want what's best for the community that we live in. That's it. I don't give a fuck about what kind of car you drive, what you do for a living. I don't give a fuck. Are you a good person? Cool. Let's ride. And I think that's the biggest things because if anything you guys take away from this audience, uh, take away from this episode, audience, think about it. We talked about mindset, but not only mindset, but think about what's in people's hearts. Sometimes changing that. And people's mindsets is already an uphill battle. But then we talk about the systemic things that have been put into place in this world. And just realize that a lot of these things were put into place and they were put there for a reason. Now, it's up to us to understand why those things were put out there, to not further divide. And if there's an opportunity where you can be part of the change. We talk about that so much on this show. Yes, sir. Do your part. Be kind to other people, man. If there's somebody out there, you see like, man, this person over here, they're struggling. They're trying to figure something out. See, that's why I look at our government and say they can do more. A lot of times these people, they come into these communities and they'll they'll say anything to get your vote. They don't do anything to help you. So a lot of times we got to take things on ourselves. And some people think, say, well, why do I got to take it upon myself? I got my own family. I got my own stuff to worry about. And that's a fair point. However, though, some of us have been very fortunate in our lives. Some of us have had to work a little harder than the next person, but it don't matter. We're all the same. That's the way that we should be addressing this stuff, but we don't because we look down on other people. See, I tell you this all the time, Jules, I'll look down for anybody for what they have. Now, I did look down on that dude with them dirty-ass shoes because he was talking shit about me. <laughs> if he would have never said nothing about me, I would have never thought about his shoes. But mm-hmm. anyway, <laughs> the point that I'm saying here, audience, is that we can't be looking down on, on, on people because of, oh, man, this person, they do this for a living. Uh, they, they don't deserve to live in this community or they're going to cause problems or this person's a single mother. No, it doesn't matter. Let them live. Because there's a lot of people in this world, and and I'm not trying to just pick on people that come from privilege, but there's a lot of people in this world that were born into money. They were born into really good opportunities. I say it all the time. There's a lot of people in this world that were born at third base acting like they were born at first. Mm. You weren't. So check your ego at the door. 
Jules, going to hit up with that curtain call, bruh. Prayers, this curtain call goes out to Mercy Housing. Mercy Housing has redefined affordable, low-income housing. They are a national non-for-profit organization that is working to build a more humane world where communities are healthy and all people can develop to their full potential. They're focused on the development, preservation, management, and or financing of affordable program enriched housing across the country. They do so by acquiring and renovating existing housing as well as developing new affordable rental properties. Mercy Housing, President I am Pulling Back the Curtain podcast family. We'd like to salute you for all your hard work. Jules, thanks for that curtain call. Audience, we appreciate you guys and your continued support of this show, and we are out.